real life game changers. This is where we seek out the people who have changed the game. And in this episode, we are going to talk about not only how our special guest has changed the game, but how you can also follow the same strategies and change the game for yourself when it comes to cash flow, profitability, and another stream of income that a lot of people either don't know about, or even if they've heard of it, they don't know how to make it work for them in their favor. They are just working in the government's favor. So that is the savings around tax being tax efficient. So we're going to be doing that. So let me check this out right here. Um, just before we get actually started. Yeah, here we go. I can see this. Yeah, and we're going to give it a share. So who is, you know, share this in a group. Let's get this into this and this and these other places. Yeah, fantastic. So whoever's whoever's on here live, just give us a comment. Let me know who you are. Oh, yeah, Mark, looks like I can see you. So give us a, uh, give us a comment. Let me know where you are in the country or where you are in the world. And we're going to be giving away something super awesome today. We're going to give it, be giving away a copy, a signed copy of the business. Oh my God, where is it? I don't even have it here. But we're going to be giving a copy of the Your Path to Business and Property Wealth. That's the strategy, the mindset, and the action to go from zero to two million to 10 million. So to do that, or to be in a chance for that, hit the share button. Let us know you've shared it in the live stream. And then tag at least 10 people. That is the minimum requirement for you to be in with a shot of winning that. So fantastic. Thank you, Martin. Yeah, so, hey, listen, our guest today, we we need to get straight into it because there's so many shortcuts. People don't like the word shortcuts, but there are shortcuts to creating more money, and that is because the money's already there. You just need to know some of the strategies, some of the principles to make it work for you rather than against you. So, our magnificent strategist today is the masterful Richard Maguire. So fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, Mark. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So good. Look, just give us a highlights, Richard, because, you know, if people are watching live, it's good for they can ask some questions. Give us a highlights of, you know, where did Richard start out and how did Richard get to doing what he's doing today? So... Basically, cutting a long story short, I used to be in retail 15 years as store manager uh, for a retail company. Um, and obviously, been passionate around businesses, my family in business since 1978. Uh, so we had a brand from there. And then it became part of my passion to help others grow their businesses and utilize certain things in business that we don't all know about. So again, like capital allowances. Um, and for me, it's helping people grow their business is what's the key. But capital allowances really incentivize you to understand it and make it easier for your business going forward um, is a good skill for it, really. But for me, from a personal perspective, interest in football, um, like Formula One, and do a lot of running now due to COVID. So that's a bit about my personal side of it. But from the business side of it, my goal is to take dedicated to a national brand uh, and then an international, uh, again, proving that anyone in business can do whatever their goal is, depending on how big or small, is irrelevant. You just need to work hard and focus on what you want to achieve. Mm. So just give us some of the stats, like what are we looking at? How much money are people saving or are people discovering that they can get through allowances and ultimately get more money in their back pocket? So 
we have a lot of case studies and examples where clients have saved um, seven figures on pubs allowances, seven which figures. is not small numbers. Let's be honest about that. That definitely makes a, a difference to everybody's bank balance. Um, but you, you depends on the property and the refurb expense you've um, already done. So, for example, we on average will find from a pro- property purchase 10 to 30 percent. And then from a refurbishment, 50 to 75 percent. So if you're spending a million pound on refurbishments, we know that we're roughly going to find you in between half a million, pounds back for you to go and utilize on your allowances going forward. And let's say save money nicely. That is just insane. Yeah. yeah. So let, 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 you know, only seven figures. And like, let's face it, Richard, this is money that if not tapped into, if not discovered, if not done properly, is literally just going down the pan from the business person, the entrepreneurs or the property investors perspective. Yeah. Literally it's just wasted money, isn't it? Yeah. So for example, nine times out of 10 people that have got commercial property or Airbnbs, these type of things don't realize they qualify, but this is a government incentive for people investing in commercial property and business owners. Um, as an allowance to generate it because they don't want to spend the money on doing the actual work for it. So they put these incentives in place and that's why it's got its own act of parliament since 2001 and been around for 145 years. So it's not just a get rich quick scheme overnight. It's been here, it's in Parliament, and it's here to stay. As you saw in the recent budget, they were announcing about the capital allowances in that as well, with a great three-year window opportunity coming. Mm, exactly. So let's get into the crux of it here. Let's get into the crux of it. Like what step, like what steps or what do people need to start like measuring you know because we talked about um expenditure on their on their properties and everything else so like let's give people a checklist of what they need to start being aware of so they can start uh, making these savings so the first thing you need to do is obviously is if you own a commercial property um then try and find out what it is the value so again just on this um example if you own a commercial property you're looking 10 to 30 percent of what your purchase price was So you know what that was, I don't. Um, But again, that is a rough indicator of going forward. It's not just about the past as well. So if you're going to invest heavily going forward in new commercial properties, then obviously 10 to 30% is what you're going to get from the purchase price. Again, through refurbishments, 50 to 75% is what you can also get. But the Let's just break it down, Richard, because you're giving some great stuff here. Like, What is the definition or what can people tap into that is classed as the commercial property? So anywhere there's commercial trading. So the simplest way to look at it is every building, this on the high street, this again being run like your social living, your Airbnb, all these are commercial properties, football stadiums, horse racing. They're all out there. Anything and everything that's commercial, your dentist, doctors, golf clubs, it's all commercial. Hotels, resorts, gyms, spas, all of this stuff. Anything that literally is being run as a commercial business. So again, think from an asset business mindset. If it's got property, you nine times out of ten going to have commercial capital allowances able for that development. So when you're planning going forward, you can obviously think, right, I need to build this into my budget because it's going to be there, but you just don't know about it. And then that's mm-hmm. where we have people that use it for finance, for again, available for the research, to go in there before they purchase it, get heads of terms agreed. So then you can actually go, well, if I'm buying this, I want X, Y, Z agreed, part of the agreement going forward. So you utilize every single penny rather than the seller being able to claim them. Without going into too much detail. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So let, let's go into a little. You mentioned something about social. What was that? Are you talking? We're we talking about social housing. Is that what you? Yeah. So basically, if you're doing like um, social living um, and general care, it's got to have care. It can't be like um, 
I don't want to mention the word, but HMOs, there's a big debate about that. Literally, can they be claimed? Yes, they can. Are they worth being claimed? We won't do them. They're dedicated because they're not viable unless they are very big and you're talking like hundreds of um, blocks and apartments type of thing where there's lifts and all that. They're not viable for the investor to get their money back in a certain amount of time. So yeah, again, what do you mean by social then? Social living? Well, like, you it could be like you're offering care. So there's like care every eight hours, social housing, social living, these type of places where there's care being offered to, again, um, could be the baby department or it could be literally alcohol, the drugs. It could be any sort of care that's being offered. As long as there's some care being offered, then you can class that as social housing. So again, it could be a residential house being used as social care. But it can't be a HMO where it's just general somebody staying for X amount per rent. That's mm. because the only bit you can do on the HMO is the communal areas, um, which again, the government has come back and said on that. So can you do a claim on HMO? Yes, you can. Is it viable? No, it's not, unless it is big scale. Um, yeah, so we won't let's, let's leave HMO alone, but let's yeah. just go back to the social housing. housing is exact same as service accommodation. So because it's being run as commercial, because you're offering care, so you've got your care facility in place, then that is claimable. So if you've got care facility in place for social housing, social living, service accommodation, all these residential properties can become commercial properties and due capital allowances on the purchase and refurb work. So just to clarify, because I know the real life tribe, the community, we're going to benefit from you being in our private mastermind, you know, shortly after this. But I just want to ask these questions now. Like, are we saying if I have a, a building that I'm going to then contract out, let's say on a five-year contract, which comes under the category as social housing. So, you know, that is being provided by, you know, either a charity or some organization is, is that, does that qualify? So we, we would say yes. And the reason we would say that is because it's no different to a dentist or doctors. So you go into your dentist and let's just say they got five rooms. They hire each chair out to a private dentist to do their own dentist work under the same banner and the same, um, property is no different to what you're saying you're employing an operation department to come and run your operation sides of your business then obviously you're utilizing it in your business as in your building still you're just doing the operational side so yes that is claimable good okay good so anybody hear this loud and clear anybody because i know there's a lot of people in our community anybody who is doing social housing you've got contracts where you've done it for, you know for the social housing under that banner then you need to be looking into this with Richard and uh, getting some capital allowance on all of the expenditure there. Now, so social housing, tick, we got that. Let's go back to service accommodation. So I know me and you had a conversation about some of the properties that I've got that come under this banner. Now, let's first of all, because there's two sides of it. There's one side of like, you're the owner of it. Let's cover that off first, Richard. So like, if I'm the owner of a, of a, of a property, a building that's being rented out for service accommodation, explain, you know, to everyone, what, you know, what can we do? What do we need to look out for? And what's, what's the kind of figures we're looking at that we can be getting for allowance here? So again, just like the example of the dentist a minute ago, it'd be the exact same thing. You, you've basically got an operations department slash manager in to run your business for you. You've outsourced it to somebody to do it on your behalf. So that's where it is. You get the, obviously, income coming in. So that is classes um, trading income for your commercial building. So that's how it qualify. The other ones we'd need to know is proof of purchase. Um, have you been running it for enough days? And has it been advertised enough days? Which obviously, because your operations team are doing that, that would qualify as well. That is all we need without going down the planning department side of it. That's irrelevant to what the tax 
department require. So there is two different things with the plan inside and tax department, but from a tax perspective, that's all we need to qualify. Then we would go, right, because you own it, whatever the purchase price was, we'd roughly find 30% on a service accommodation. So again, anyone that's got service accommodation, that's what you're roughly looking at, 25-30%. And the purchase price is what we'd identify in capital allowances. And just so you're aware, the capital allowances is stuff like your plant machinery. So your electrics, your carpets, your heating, your air conditioning, your blinds, all these type of things that makes the business using those things. So again, the, the kettles, the electrics, the lighting, heating, air ventilation systems, that's where you'd qualify it for. Nice. Um, if you spent refurbishment money again, so some people don't spend much on service accommodation. Some people do go to town and spend hundreds of thousands. You're looking 50 to 75% is what we're identify. Realistically, probably around 60 to 65 from a service accommodation. So that's on the expenditure of anything I'm doing to upgrade, you know, the interiors, the designs, anything like that. Yeah. 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 So as long as it's like qualifying material, so like a few things I mentioned and there's loads of things that qualify. Um, but yeah. the, you, that's on average. On average, we'd find normally about 130,000 per property for them people to yeah. use. So we're not, like I said, that is just an average of what we find. When you obviously go into the golden era properties, what we call where you're buying it from pensions, you're buying it from developers, you're buying it from charities, local authorities, they are the golden properties where we really do identify the maximum amount of claims. So it just like licensed print money in a way without sounding salesy because this whole point is not about sales. It's about you as business owners maximizing what you're meant to be doing and understanding. But we don't get told this information because yeah. the government want the big boys to have it and literally your Tesco's and all these where they spend the billions on it. But we want to make sure that everyday business owners are understanding it and got this tool for their toolbox. So going forward, when they're looking to buy a property in the future, they've already got one or they're doing a refurb on a rented property right now. They know what to do and what to buy and what to utilize and how to maximize their return on investments going forward, whether it's for you as the business owner or JV partners going forward. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you know, we're going to touch on it because I know we spoke about this before, but before we do that, I just want to say to the people watching, let us know if you've got any questions, yeah, based on what properties to go look for, you know, because if you can go buy the properties and do the strategies with this in mind already, you know, you've got a lot of capital allowance, which means, like, let's just break it down in layman's terms. That means when your company is making profits before you start paying tax, you've got more allowance, when you do these type of strategies, when you do what Richard is saying and, and, and you, you know, you got the right advice because, you know, let's face it, Richard, how many people are out there do you think? I mean, it's hard to measure, right? But like, it's got to be large numbers of people that are not getting this allowances because they just don't know. Yeah, so basically one in 10 people know about it and one of those 10 people of the world literally are actually doing it. So you're looking at 10% across the whole of the country actually know about it and only 10% of that are doing it. It's yeah, very, exactly. very So just for a top line figure for you guys as well, so you understand what everyone's missing out on, there's eighty-four billion pounds gone unclaimed by people like yourselves, that are business owners that should be claiming this but have never done it, didn't know about it. There's no time limit to go backwards either. Um, it's just a case of what what you have got. So this is what I was saying to you earlier that a lot of people at the minute are doing retrospective claims because they've found out too late, but they can still do a claim because they didn't know what they didn't know at the time they brought it. But now going forward to everyone on this live episode can go forward knowing that if you're buying a commercial property or an Airbnb, make sure part of your negotiations is capital ounces. Because even if you're selling properties, this adds value to your sales price. Because mm. if I come along and identify 
couple of million pound, half million pound, why would you not charge the future owner five, ten, fifty thousand pounds extra on the asking price, knowing that they're going to be half million pound better off? And they can use that as their ammunition to say, hey, guy, uh, you know, when you buy it, I will put you in touch with. Yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, and this is what we like to do. This is bringing people together for the maximum. So, guys, whoever's watching this right now, hit the share button. Let us know when you've shared it and tag at least 10 people. That's going to put you in a chance. We're winning some goodies. Yeah, some goodies. We're going to give that away. Um, also, people are asking, you know, can I see this because I missed this at the beginning? Yeah, you can see this on the Real Life Radio which covers all of our podcasts, The Real Life Game Changers, Money Mondays, and all the rest of the stuff we do. Um, question uh, we've got here. Does uh, this allowance cover Scotland as well? Yes, we actually just done a portfolio of nine nurseries in Scotland, um, Glasgow Centre. So, yeah, it does qualify for um, Scotland. We actually got quite a lot of partnerships in Scotland as well. Very good. There, well, Kenny, Kenny's asking that question. He's also a part of our community. So, Kenny, get back, get on the mastermind because Richard's going to be on the mastermind straight after this. We've got one here. John Mackin is asking. We recently bought a uh, property from a HMO, but uh, sorry, from a charity, but they're converting it into a HMO. Is it worth pursuing? Uh, does the charity element outweigh the HMO element? Personally, it's because you mentioned HMO, I would just say don't bother because it won't be viable from that. However, again, I don't know the strategies. Obviously, you say you're doing HMO, but whether you could turn it into social housing to then obviously utilize capital allowances to then go into HMO mode to then obviously make sure you've offset the tax before that and then go forward. I don't know if that's the next step that's worth pursuing to add cool. value and reduce, that, reduce your tax bill to start with is phase one, then go into HMO. I don't know. So how, like, let's say, obviously, okay, so what puts it under the caption of capital allowances is social housing, one of them, or service accommodation. But let's just say social housing. How long would it have to be that for it still to be all okay, legitimate, you know, if I change it to it? Your allowances will run. So, again, let's just use your SA or social housing example. It will run to the last £1,000. So if we found you £100,000, you could utilise your tax saving to the last 1000 and when that's up, you can then switch it across to your HMO or to your buy to let if you would do an SA and then utilize that going forward as just your plan B. But you keep your allowance as long as you're doing the commercial trade until last thousand pounds. There's no limit on when you run these down, just how quick you make the profit to offset it, really. Get you, get you. Okay, so it's it's de it's determined on obviously the income, yeah. So you know, on that basis, if you're finding quite a lot, you probably would have to run it for that for quite a while. So I would say, John, um, you know, what you've got to weigh up is is it, are you going to be receiving less rent? Yes, from a social housing strategy rather than the private, because I know where, where is one is, and it's very high demand out there. So you've got to say, like, is is my higher rent with no allowance, more profitable, or is a lower rent, but with a lot more allowance, so a lot more of it can be, you know, without paying the tax, is that going to make more money? Is that making sense, Richard, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so if that's exactly it. So he needs to look at his income as a HMO versus what his actually bottom line is. But then if it was an SA or um, social housing, what would the income be? X amount lower, however, you can offset 20 30 percent of your purchase price plus your 50 to 75 percent of your refurb spend where is that about return on investment in your hmo so it might be less income but might have more to offset going forward <laughs> that's 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 a that's a youtube video we just created there richard make more <laughs> make more money from less rent <laughs> and that's that's, that's going to be mind-boggling right. for some people they're going to be like what are you talking about more money from less rent but this is literally what we're able to do right
So I, I believe um, this next three years is a golden era, which I call the three-year golden decade So for growth, because the amount of growth you can do in the next three years could be like doing a whole decades of growth, basically. So I don't know if you heard, but the budget last week was about capital allowances and obviously um, basically offsetting future allowances. So we can now just do everything offset in one go rather than having to do WDAs, which is, again, you do a percentage going forward. So with that in mind, you've obviously got new corporation tax levels coming in play. So they're going up to 25%. And then obviously subject to your profits is what you're getting allowance come down for, whether it's 19, 20, 21, et cetera, all the way up to 25. Now, let's just say, for example, and this is going top level, with it, you go and spend a million pound on refurbishment. We identify 750,000. Your business is making quarter million pound tax per year. So in theory, you'd be a 25% taxpayer which we would then offset. So you would be paying £62,000 in tax to the government each year on that profit. We come along, find these alliances, offset the 750000 because that's what we've identified. So instead of making £250,000 profit year one, two, and three, you'd actually have a loss straight away of 750000 So your first year, you'd offset your profits and you wouldn't have a tax bill because you would have lost a quarter million pound, obviously we'd have saved on tax. So that's gone. So you have a negative then of 500 on paper. Year two, again, 250 should be negative quarter of a million. Year three, you break even. So over the whole three years, you've not paid any tax legally. You've obviously utilized your allowances, bearing in mind your business making quarter of a million pound profit. And you've still got to a point where year three, all allowances are used, still maximizing your benefit and business profits. But this is what I mean. This is why you've got a glorified window now to really maximize growth. You invest in growth, you're going to legally pay a very little amount of tax and maximize your business growth huge oh, in the next three years. You know, you know, Richard, we, we, we've got some business to do. In our five-year <laughs> goal, five goal in the hotels and resorts business, I'm not talking about the other property development, is to open 50 locations in the next five years. Obviously, it's going to be a slow startup, one or two this year, and then we'll start speeding up next year. But... Um, you know, so some of these purchases are like, does this still like, you know, if we buy a lease, you know, because what we're looking at buying a leasehold hotel, so yeah. the so, so the money, so let's say it's 1.2 mil for yeah. that, is capital allowance still on yeah. that as well? If you own it or refurb it, so as long as you own it or refurb it, yeah. The, the only example where, again, like I said, if you're just renting, I don't know, fish and chip shop for five years, then you don't own it, it's just rent, and then you do refurb, you get the refurb. But in your example, you're buying the purchase of the leasehold so you own it there's a transaction fee and then obviously any refer we claim that as well yeah but on hotels you're looking at 30 percent. so any purchase prices you're going after you know we're roughly going to find 30 percent. yeah okay that's good and then anything that we so like let's say we buy a place and we're like we need to spend a million on putting tennis courts and a bit and a and a, and a spa in there make them make a restaurant this time all of the refurb costs how much can we claim on that roughly so again Roughly going, I'd say 50 to 75%. Average. So let's just be negative and say it's only 50%. You're still getting 50% of your refurb spend back. So we've just. And that's the profit, right? So the more capital allowance on the profit, because we're going to have a load of expenditure anyway. So that's all going to be offset for the growth of the whole entire brand. 
and, and these things can be carried over, carried over. So, so like we'll have the losses anyway because we're gonna have loss because we're gonna have, we're gonna have put a load of investment in to just expand the growth. So it's already gonna be a loss. So when those losses are caught back over the next few years, then we start eating into the capital allowance as far as when we first started. Is that yeah, right? So wherever you spend, we can obviously utilize. So then you'll be running with losses until that last thousand pounds, whether that's year one or year 10, you're basically legally not paying any tax until you've used all the allowances in this expenditure. Insane. Here's another one. So I've got a guy right now in our community. He is buying six houses. They're already run as a service accommodation, but he don't own them, but he is buying them. The collective six houses will be about 1.8 million. So he can claim on that purchase. Yeah. So you're roughly looking there around 540,000 pound of allowances on the purchase price. And then again, any refurbishment spend. Yeah, which might be just minor, but obviously the big benefit here is the purchase. Yeah. So he could, so what's the percentage on that? You said it was he'd roughly have again is a guesstimation because obviously it depend on what's actually in the properties, roughly half a million pound of allowances off that purchase price. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So he can take this into consideration on the basis of like what he's buying them for. Yeah. You know, because even if he is squeezed to pay a little bit higher it's going to be worth it because the cash flow that's going to be making all profit, right? Like all... So this is where we'd come in and go and like the heads of terms of, in the front end, agree it with him for for him on his behalf to make sure that in the heads of terms, he agrees that he having all the capital allowances and then we can then pocket them going forward. So then he's using, using them for his business going forward. Mm, and I'm going to tell you who he is. When we finish this, I'll tell you who he is. You'll probably see him in the next thing. You guys, because he's doing this right now. So you guys need to get cracking on that. Yeah. Okay. So that's all the purchasing. Any other questions, guys? You let us know. Uh, put them in the comments here. Let us know that the things. Let's see if there's got, because I want to move on to the next side, because that's all about talking about purchases. But there is another major, major, major advantage that a lot of people in our community who go for our training are going to benefit from. Let's just have a look at these couple of questions here. So what tax period does the allowance apply to? Is it based on when the application is submitted or when the property was purchased? So the data we would go off is obviously, for example, if you brought the property in 1921, we would go off the purchase price from 1921. Um, that would be when you you go off the valuation. You can't buy it, otherwise London would be great. Um, so whenever the purchase price was, and then also it'd be submitted into the current tax year. So for example, could have brought it 20 years ago, we do it today, and that goes in this year's tax. So then you obviously, you can go back a year as well. So we obviously recommend to get, um, you, you can get refunds, but we don't recommend that because you're meant to be in business to make money. So if the way we look at it, rather get a nice buffer, be in credit with HMRC, not go any noise, get the refund, uh, get the credit on account. So then instead of on your £20,000 tax bill, you've got your £20,000 on the table. You can use that for your marketing budget for more sales, for a wage increase, or go out and get another deposit on another property. It's entirely what you want to do with it. Um, but yeah, so you go off the purchase price when it was purchased that year, but that's be allowed into this this tax year that you're currently in right now, or we can go back one year. Yes. And if you did go pay tax last year, we can obviously get that as a refund because you paid too much last year, recoup that, that go back on your credit account as well. Man, this is insane. So uh, guys, just put it in the comments. Are you realizing what I'm realizing here? Because I don't think my my... Like, like the feelings in here for me, I'm just so excited. Well, the hotels and resorts, one thing, but all the service accommodation, this is, you know, what an opportunity this is. You better get the training to get understanding how to buy these properties so you can work with people like Richard that are going to make sure that you're making masses of profits here. 
Yeah, masses of profits. Yeah, another quick question before we move on to the next thing. I missed the beginning, so uh, you may have covered this, but are there are buy to lets worth pursuing, in your opinion? Well, that's residential, isn't it, Richard? Yeah, so that that's just residential. But again, for me, commercial's the way forward because you've got so many different allowances and benefits with commercial from an actually expenditure and obviously the allowances side of it. That's where I'd look at. If you're going down the buy to let route, we've got buy to let portfolio, then maybe look to offset a few into SA or social housing to get the allowances. Again, like I said, phase one, phase two approach. So you use those allowances, reduce your tax bill, then go back is plan B for your buy to lets um, and further date down the line. Um, you know, I just saw one question from Sasha about um, do buy under limited company or privately. That depends on where you want to go and what you want to do. So, for example, a lot of people are in limited companies. But again, if you're private, high high net worth, then you can get 40, 45%. So, again, for every £100,000 you find, then you'd be saving 40 to £45,000 in tax privately. But again, that's depend on your strategy with your accountants, which angle you're going with. Limited companies, obviously, you can offset it, um, but it'd be a lower rate going forward. So, again, it's just what suits your needs and where you want to go, really. We do have both, really. Mm. Okay, good. And Ke- Kenny's asked a good one. So, he's saying if he buys a commercial property for 90, it refurbs at 90, turn it into SA, how much can he claim on that? So, you get roughly 30% of the purchase price, it would be 27,000, and then 50 to 75% of the 90,000. So, then you're looking 45 to 60,000. So, about 100,000 pounds. Just so you know, this is insane. So, right, so that's on purchasing, purchasing. But we know a lot of people, what they do is they're doing uh, rent, rent to rent, rent to SA. Forget rent to rent HMO because we're not touching HMOs, but SA. People are doing rent to SA. So now let's tap into that because, as the like, like, let's just, let's just for terminology purposes. If I want to approach someone and say, hey, listen, I want to rent your property off you, turn it into an essay, effectively, I'm the manager of it, right? I'm the manager of it. So like, if I'm the manager of it, I don't claim any of these capital allowances because I don't own it. But, but there is a massive advantage still because some of these people where their their properties may not be service accommodation, where you're going to come in to to want to give them that guaranteed rent to do this uh, rent to service accommodation, then you can now take this as an added bolt on and Richard's about to explain it. How can we take it Richard as an added bolt on to say, Hey, listen, I want to take your property on and I'm going to turn it into service accommodation. So now you are going to be able to. Yeah. So we, we did this literally uh, 2017, 2018. And what I called it was like you JV in with landlords because you actually bring the ace to the table. They need you more than you need them, but we don't realize that. So the way you want to be looking at it is saying, actually, Mr. Landlord, I want you to pay for my refurb. I want you to give me so many X months rent free because by giving it me to run as Airbnb, this is the guarantee I will give you of X, Y, Z over however many years. However, you can also utilize capital allowances, which means you can offset your tax bill like we just did with Kenneth. And it's very quick to understand the value that you can bring to the table. So why would a landlord not want, again, let's just say it was a £100,000 house, which is 30000 or whether it's a £10,000 refund, forget the refund, just as goodwill to him. But you're still bringing £30,000 worth of value that he can't get without you. Mm. Not alone if you're going into, again, the bigger scale like Mark, you're on about, but you're on a purchasing is hotels. Why would you not do this to hotels and to Airbnbs, struggling Airbnbs, uh, care homes, all these type of things and just utilize the growth 
opportunity you've got because of the scale of size for the rooms. So anything that's failing, you can then do a JV with that um, owner that's annoyed, fed up, had a bad time as an uh, Airbnb host, and then just bring some fresh bloods and ideas to it. But utilizing this as your skill set to then move it forward to get a good deal on your commitment of rent-free periods or allowance of um, the expenditure. Fantastic. This is just like, guys, we got to get busy. You know, there's another thing happening where there's a in the next five years, a big storm coming. But as Richard has identified, in addition to the reasons we've already explained in previous episodes, the next two years is absolutely critical to lock in as much real estate as possible because there's an area, uh, there's going to be a period of stability because of certain events that are coming up. And before those events, there are always uh, stability because everyone wants to get everyone on side. Yeah, which we can't really mention here because they shut us down. Yeah, so like what we've got to realize the next two years are absolutely critical because the problem is, Richard, you know, people are waiting and waiting. And like you say, there's 84 billion pounds. Guys, get this clear. 84 billion pounds of capital allowances that are unclaimed, unclaimed, forgotten about, not known about, not acted upon. You know, so the two things you got to act upon, number one is if you're not already in property, get started in property now, yesterday, <laughs> yesterday, get started. And the second thing is start acting on the strategies that, are, by the way, are in dire need. You know, service accommodation is in dire need. A social housing, there are hundreds of thousands deficit, but the requirement for social housing and there will be a video you know, coming soon. Plus we got this episode, which explains like you can make more money, even though you collect less rent. And that is because of these capital allowances. Yeah. Let's see what else we got. We rent the office out space in a number of years to our limited company till last December. And it kitted the whole office internally before moving in 2018. Is that something worth pursuing? Do you understand that question, Richard? So, you so, so what John is saying is he had a, he had a he had a construction company that that owned a property and they rented it to that their own construction company and kitted it all out. Like, does that count? Can they get capital allowance on all the money they spent kitting their office out? Yeah, to be fair, they I'd probably say they've got some of it already from the accountants. But again, you can still look at it. Um, the only thing I would say is that you're not there now, but it doesn't really matter because obviously you'd have the proof of expenditure anyway. Whereas if you were still there, we could then come in, survey the property and go, oh, how many plug sockets, carpets, lighting, everything to the actual amount and then really maximize the claim. But yeah, in theory, John, going by that, we'd just be a case, case seeing what you've got. We can identify anything that's not been claimed and then see what's left over there, really. Mm. And, and like, what what would be the cutoff point? Because obviously you got the experience. What would be the cutoff point on, on the amount where you'd be like, well, come on, with all the time and effort that's involved, probably not worth pursuing. Like, what, what's the what's the expenditure amount, would you say? Well, it's not about the amount. It's, about, it's, it's more a case of, like, and this is the, some of the critical cases we have. HMRC required to keep records seven years, but some we've got stuff going back from 1980s with developers where they've got not got receipts from then, with all due respect. So it's a case of we would require... Um, confirmation that you've spent XYZ on it and then you would see the difference because again this comes back to the capital gains tax if you're a lot of accountants are R&R &R in it which is basically repair and refurb rather than putting it through as capital expenditure which then stops us from doing our job the reason we don't like that is because you lose out on the capital ounces but also when it comes to selling these things 
whether it's a property or literally a commercial office or Airbnb, whatever it is, you're going to have an increase in valuation from all the work you've done to it. Because you've not uh, put it through its capital expenditure, you can't offset it. Whereas if it's through its capital expenditure, you claim capital allowances, you still get the same price, but you can now offset it against your capital gains tax at the end if you ever come to uh, sell it. So that's mm. one thing you'd have to watch out for that. But yeah, the um, as long as we've got evidence, that literally you could say, yeah, I spent X amount of thousand in this year, 10 years ago, we would use that because with all due respect, that's a disclaimer for us. That obviously, you've said this is what it is, this is the valuation. We'd look for these things in the um, fixed asset register anyway, and it should be on there, some of the expenditure. So that would be where it'd be. But what I'm saying is, because uh, that's great what you've said, but in addition, what, I'm, what, I'm, what I suppose what I'm asking is like, where's the cutoff point? Let's say there's a thousand pound of expenditure. Say, say 50 no point. Huh? This, there's no cutoff point. This is what I'm saying. Like, literally, you could have done a refurb 20, 30 years ago. They're not in time cutoff point. I'm talking about like, like is it like, well, from saying, a game perspective? Yeah, like, look, if, let's say it's 50% of a thousand pounds, like 500 pounds. Yeah. The effort to go and get 500 pound capital allowance for probably yeah. me and you is not really going to worth it. So, like, what we're we looking at, like, so really, being really open eyes, probably from top level, would be about 30 to 50,000. I'm talking like you're really trying to make a claim out of that because the problem you'd have is unless you've got the main builders in you're you're getting receipts from b&q you're going down to wix's you're getting all these from your um builders they'll be offset by your accountant your accountant will have a guesstimation at it because like again we had one with weatherspoons previously we were doing a claim with theirs they put all, all the wrong stuff in there and didn't utilize it but the guy ended up losing out because it wasn't done correctly and that's the national company of weatherspoons but you can offset it any time. It's just thirty to fifty thousand. You are making a claim rather than if it's one hundred and fifty. We can find a lot of meat in one hundred and fifty thousand or one point five million. Thirty thousand. We are trying to find stuff in that claim. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then another thing is like another question is: Is it the in, like let's say I contract it out? The whole thing cost me a hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. That's that's made up of the labour and whatever else they've charged for. Are we claiming on the entirety of the cost or is it only certain aspects? It would be everything that's claimable. So like I said, whether it's um, plant machinery, so carpets, electric, heating, ventilation, uh, ironmongery, all these things that we can obviously utilise and find. We go, And this is where your accountants can't do what we do. Because, what about the labour of installing or you know doing those yeah, things? The, the, the labour side of it, you get some of it, but not in the labour of actually doing the job because there's no plant machinery there. Yes, labour. Um, so obviously it would just be more on the plant machinery. So that's where like we have some companies that don't put it all through the books um, and they just have their own labor because they got the building companies. So it's cheaper. So they lose out and stuff like that. But that's what I mean. Anything from plant machinery would offset the labor costs would be minimum really. But again, it's still part of the we utilize. Yeah, just trying, just trying to figure it out because let's say the entire refurb cost me, just keep it round numbers. Let's say the refurb cost me a hundred. Yeah. yeah. 50 of it is because of all the materials, 50 of it is the labor. Like, what? The labor, labor cost we wouldn't be claiming, it'd be literally off the, off the materials because that would be the plant and machinery. Um, and then obviously you would take percentages of it for the square footage of the floor, basically. So, really, would if, it, if the entire job cost me, you know, 150 of it was the labor, we're only looking to claim on the 50, or that's what you'll be delving into? We, we'd be looking to get on the, any plant machinery identified, yeah. Mm. So let's say like the like the the builder or the contractor has just given all in one quote saying, yeah, join me this, join it, you know, this, that, the other. For you to do your work, are you got to 
be in touch with that contractor to say, give it a breakdown or how does no, that work? That is, that is our dream because that is what we prefer because then we go off the valuations and the floor levels of it. So then, for example, we can create our valuations off your monetary expenses. That's where accountants can't do their job. Whereas, like I said, if it's Wix's receipt or it's um, B&Q, the accountants will do their job and they're just offset it because you're giving the data to input because that's what accountants are as data inputters. When there's a receipt of like £100,000 from Mr. Builder, we would come along and go, right, oh, you've spent £100,000, you've done this um, development, we would come in and survey it and then we'd break everything down we identify into that £100,000 and go, right, this is what we believe, that's where we can get the best claims. So let's say if someone now turns a, a property into social housing, they spend 400,000, so they buy it for, I don't know, 400 and they spend 400 on it to turn it into then, you know, these units that are going to be social housing. Yeah. Is all of that, the purchase is, you said, 30% of the purchase and about 50 to 75% of the works? Yeah. 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 That's like going back to um, Kenneth's example of 1990. So again, the, Whatever the purchase price is, it's just another number. It could be another one, two, three numbers. But ninety thousand, you always find on SA thirty percent refurb minimum fifty percent, normally seventy five. <laughs> Listen, the bigger they go, like we've done a private healthcare in Harley Street, and they spent one no four million pound on the refurb. We identified one point nine million of allowances, and this is what I mean. You you expect somebody that sort of volume of numbers to be able to understand and realize about health analysis, but they don't because you don't know what you don't know until it's too late. So when we identified them, the 1.9 million, that is like the dream scenario because you can find off the valuations of what's been done and what hasn't been done. And that's where we really add value to the client. And really these rules and like we teach and our philosophy and our community is like, these rules are just here to shape the changes and shape the economy. So once again, these are some rules that are being put in place to kind of, guide people to go into the commercial and produce these types of, of like special social housing because it's such a massive deficit so now they're whacking a good big incentive to say hey produce this type of accommodation even for like your high street your clothes shops and all these type of things your coffee shops your fish and chips they want you to build a community in the area the government don't want to spend the money building it so they go well we're incentivize everyone that does it so you buy a commercial property and help us do what we want we'll reward you that's why they this an act of parliament because they're never going to get rid of capital allowances. It's just that capital allowances is known in the financial world as your electric cars, your printers, your desks, your, your uh, armchairs, all these type of things. They're not known as commercial property capital allowances. That's mm. the key missing ingredient. If I speak to 100 accountants say capital allowances, they all say, yeah, we've done them. You mentioned commercial property capital allowances, then they go, well, what, what's the difference? Because that's where they, they know what they are, but they can't produce it. They'll be guesstimating or estimating because they can't do it without your survey. So if you ask your accountant, um, if I said to you, have you done your capital allowances on your commercial property? They'd say yes. If I asked you, Mark, if you've done it and you've actually got somebody in survey, if you've got your accountant in to survey it, you'd say no. That's the difference. They understand what they understand. We speak their language when we say capital allowances. When we say commercial property capital allowances, that's not their language. That's mm. when you find out who has claimed and who hasn't. Mm. This is incredible. It's not because accountants don't know what they're doing. It's just they're not taught to know about commercial property. They're not surveyors. They're not experts at commercial expertise in valuations. They just do data inputting and obviously risk management. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, God, this is, yeah, this is my blood. So, 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 yeah, we've got, we've got a lot more to talk. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Kenny. It is pure gold. So, guys, people who are in the real life community, you're going to be heading over. We're not long away now. People who are listening to this, 
Uh, you know, reach out to, to the real life community, see how you can get involved and see how you can get in touch with ex experts like Richard and get hold of these kind of sessions. And the private sessions are even better because then we can really talk and say whatever it is that we want uh, because we're not governed by, you know, these subtitles and decrypting or whatever we're saying. Yeah, so what a fantastic session. So we need to give Richard a bit of a break in between now and going on the mastermind. So make sure you guys are on there. It's going to be absolute gold. We're going to continue this conversation in there. Uh, but Richard, I've got two more questions before we wrap this yep. up. I, I ask this to everyone. I ask this to everyone. And this has been a very niche kind of topic we're talking about here. So I'm excited to hear what you say about this. Yeah. So I just want I just want to imagine that you got the microphone now and this this message you're about to give is going out to the entire world. Yeah. What is your 30 second message? So for my 30 second message to everyone in business would be literally don't always underestimate what you can the capabilities you've got because You've got to take a leap of faith in what you have and where you want to go, but don't always rely on the experts, including ourselves and stuff like that, because you need to do your homework and you wouldn't find out about today around what capital allowances and stuff like that if you didn't know. But just make sure you focus hard where you want to go. Anything's achievable. Don't let people bring you down and uh, just never give in. That's my motto. And like my goal is to get dedicated to a national brand and obviously dedicate capital allowances where we're at at the minute with it all, but never give up, never get in, and you'll get there one way or the other. Love it. Thank you, Richard. And one more question. I don't yep. know if you've ever seen any of these episodes, but I always ask this to everyone because it's important to get everyone's point of view. And that is we have this saying in our community. Yeah. And the saying is you've got to do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? Why, why do I believe at all? Well, just what like we say, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason. So why, why is that? Because for me, honesty and integrity is massive. And this is why, like for me, I'd rather have um, a hard life knowing that everything's been done right than a great life, not conning people, but literally doing the wrong things. Um, honesty and integrity is massive to me. And that's where, again, it's in the name of the company, dedicated to delivering, dedicated as a whole thing in my personality. I'm all in or die trying. Simple as that. Yeah, I love it. I, I love it. I love it. So thank you for that. I like to get that view. Now, I would love it if we can add you to the reel of our Game Changer podcast. So I'm going to ask you the question again, because the saying we have is very similar to what you're saying. Truth, honor, integrity. So we say that you've got to do the right thing for the right reason, because it's the only way to discover your true potential. So can I ask you again and you say, because it's the only way to discover your true potential? It's the only way to discover true potential. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you. Okay, so here we go. So, Richard, we say that uh, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason. Now, why is that? It's the only way to discover your true potential. <laughs> yes, fantastic. Thank you so much. So, you guys have been watching The Real Life Game Changers here with Richard. And uh, this was a multi-million pound earning session. So make sure you take action on it. And uh, we will see you next time. And like Richard said, you've got to do the right thing for the right reason because it is the only way you discover your true potential. We will see you next time. Take care, people.